good to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome, everybody, to 2024, and the Daves I know is back, back with a vengeance. Uh, we are, uh, we took a, took a little bit of a break. We last recorded on uh, early December, um, figured we needed a little more time. There wasn't a ton of stuff going on, so we figured we would take some time. Um, some of us got new jobs, others of us, you know, just lived our lives and, and, you know, didn't try to think about soccer 24 seven, which is very hard. Um, very hard. especially for me. Uh, and I'm pretty sure MJ too. Um, it wasn't hard for me. <laughs> it wasn't hard for Jess at all. So that's <laughs> always, always a good thing. So, so yeah, so we are here, uh, to catch you up on the goings ons of uh, Minnesota United. I'm sure people who are listening to this podcast already know, but we'll give our, our own fun little spin on it. Um, and then kind of we'll figure out what our schedule will be like going forward. Um, probably not, you know, specific. We're not going to talk it out on the podcast. We're not going to have a pre-podcast meeting on the podcast. But um, oh, rest, so assured, that's my part. rest assured, there will be Dave's I know in 2024. Uh, we just need to figure out what that is going to look like for all of us going forward to make sure that we all stay sane, <laughs> if <And> you <happy>. will. <laughs> yeah. So, um. We have the regular crew here, Jess. Uh, how are you doing? You are the one with the big, big new job news. A bit. It's a big new big job for me, and I'm loving it. I love having a job, and um, it's still very, very new. But you know, you just fake it till you make. If you're me, absolutely. <laughs> or you Absol- just, you know, like I like I come to this podcast every episode. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. MJ, how uh, how have you been, man? We've seen I've each been, other a couple times, so. I've been really busy with broomball. For those that don't know, uh, December through February are really busy broomball months for me, more than broomball normally consumes my life. So, uh, and it's it's going well. Uh, I have enough players to play state and nationals this year, so uh for anybody who wants to come watch me run around on the ice like a chicken with its head cut off um indoors on indoor ice let me know right on uh cool let's see uh yeah it's uh been a while since we (laughs) we had our uh yeah almost almost two months now um almost a full two months um so i kind of figured we'd break our uh the off season down and just a general timeline, more or less in um, chronological order. I, I think I may have missed some of these things. Some of these things might not have been quite chronologically, but I tried to make it as um, chronologically possible as chronologically as possible. So, um, <laughs> so let's jump in. So the last time we recorded uh, was yeah, yeah or December fourth. The next day, the team announced um, officially on. 
their social media accounts and everything that Sean McCall will be staying on as interim manager. Hold that thought for this one. <laughs> so, um, and then the sort of the next big piece of news that we get from the team, uh, Loon's trading for uh, Jordan Adebayo Smith uh, from the New England Revolution. Uh, he's a was a top MLS Next Pro scorer. Um, this was ahead of the draft. We don't know the terms at the time of this uh, this move. Uh, definitely seems like um, uh, sort of a depth piece signing. You know, someone who probably will play with the many Minnesota twos, the tunes, um, but also you know could potentially be in the mix for um, a spot in the the starting uh, the first team roster. Shortly after that, Will Trap. And you guys, if you guys have anything notes or thoughts, anything that you can just jump in whenever. So, um, why do you think I showed up? Like, I don't know any of this. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're we're educating Jess on what happened in the uh, in the off season as well. So that's good to know. Uh, Will Trap signs a new contract. This might have been around mid December, so shortly before Christmas. Um, a new oh, yeah, one year contract. Yep, one year contract uh, with an option for twenty twenty five. I believe that's a team option. Uh, that that one I think we we talked about in our last podcast was like well. Without no, and I don't think we know any of the details on that contract yet. So without knowing the details, it's not 100% sure. Like, is that a good signing or a bad signing? It certainly sounds like it's not for what he was making before, um, which I think everybody, almost every Minnesota United fan, as long as Will Trapp wasn't making what he was um, for the, you know, the the type of player he is, um, that will be fine if, he's, if he signs for a slightly lower number, um, gives the loons a little more flexibility. No, no but, one wanted him to make more money this year? I mean, other than Will Trap, probably probably not. Oh, um, I mean, okay. I personally, as as someone who loves labor, I'm like, you should make as much money as you possibly can. I, it sounds like his family really likes it here. He's sort of he's made some community connections, so um, you know, it, it made sense for him. It's it's probably another two years here, uh, with then probably going back to Columbus for to finish out his career. I don't think Columbus was going to sign him um, post their you know MOS Cup victory. Um, you know, as terms of they're like they're like a big signing or whatever, but this gives them an option to, to keep playing here, keep playing at a pretty high level. Um, hopefully, maybe phase out as a regular starter um, and and sort of a, yeah. um, a spot starter. He can help bet in. We'll talk a little bit about some of the players that were selected in the super draft. Help bet in some of those players, and then you know, in a couple of years, move on back to Columbus and and back to uh, back to his hometown. So. So what you're saying is he got a different kind of hometown discount. Certainly, yes. N- n- not a a a Paul Molitor hometown discount or a you know, yeah, Joe Mauer hometown not discount. Not a Joe Mauer, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, slightly slightly less money than Joe Mauer. That's <laughs> that's for sure. So a different kind of hometown. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, so. <laughs> They also announced around this time uh, the Loon Sculpture um, at the Midway site, which uh, is being designed by a Scottish designer who's pretty uh, pretty well-renowned in the sculpture community, apparently. Um, it looks really cool. I, I, if people have seen the, I'm sure everybody by now has seen the renderings. Uh, the renderings look really cool. Um, it sounds like it uh, should be ready sometime this year. I'm not sure if it'll be up before the season. Probably not, but with our mild winter, maybe. Um, <laughs> they can... They'll be able to get everything done. Uh, we have, you know, had literally zero snow on the ground right now, which is weird in Minnesota. So weird. It's so yeah. weird. Yeah. Uh, and we had the, the Super Draft. Uh, four players were selected in the Super Draft. Uh, before the draft uh, happened, though, Minnesota announced that it traded $100,000 in uh, 2024 GAM 
to the revolution in exchange for their first uh, and third round selections in the super draft. Um, those are the 20th and 78th picks overall. Um, the revolution did not pick anybody in this super draft because they traded all their picks away because they're like, F that noise. We don't want to uh, select uh, college players. So Minnesota United selected um, Indiana University defender um, slash defensive midfielder Hugo Bacharach uh, with the ninth overall pick. Um, West Virginia. Via Real. Yeah. Um, he is international. He's a, a Spanish international, MJ, right? If I'm, right. If I'm correct. Um, a Canadian international, Marcus Calderera, um, with the 20th overall pick from West Virginia University. Uh, they also selected um, Marshall University defender Morris Dugan, who is also an international player. I believe he is uh, Irish, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Morris Dugan is German. German, German. Yeah, sorry, he had to go back to Munich. Uh, and then Babakar Niang uh, from Wake Forest University uh, with the 78th overall pick. He's also, uh, he's a midfielder. So a couple of defenders, a couple of midfielders in the draft. Um, there was some announcements about some of those kids going back to school. We'll talk about that in the timeline as well in a little bit. So just don't, keep those names top of mind. Yeah, don't expect uh, the Senegalese uh, Babakar Niang to get a signing also, um, Morris Dugan, uh, third round draft, probably not getting a signing, but you never know. Yeah, you never know. Um, Morris Dugan had to go back to, to Germany to get his work visa. So um, there's, he's, I think he's given it a go. So if not for the first team, maybe for the second team, um, and then maybe makes works his way back up. So or works uh, his way up, not Morris, back up. Morris Dugan, uh, somewhere during the summer's uh, – between the between the his studies at Marshall were was playing for Minnesota Nemesis Des Moines Menace. Mm. So he has some Des Moines Menace minutes under him. Awesome. All right. But, Good to know. Uh, yeah, they went defender ish. Like Morris Higgins is, is is a is a defender. Um, the uh, Spanish Spanish guy, right? Uh, Hugo Bacharach. Yeah. Is, is a defender, he, so. he played more defensive mid for Indiana, but it sounds like he he tracks as a as a center back. So, um, someone who can play as a six, but more than likely will be sort of like a Michael Boxall, Miguel Tapias understudy, um, and other another uh, Swedish player we picked up in the offseason here. So, um, yeah, so some interesting uh, interesting players. The, the Loons have done well, um, all things considered, in the draft in the past. So. Um, I'm interested to see how, you know, compared to most teams in MLS, most teams in MLS don't give a shit about the draft as evidenced by New England Revolution trading away all of their draft picks for money. So, um, and Philadelphia did that a couple years ago too. Like there's just teams who just don't care about the, the, the collegiate draft. So I will say, and that's one thing to keep in mind too, is that if, if players don't sign, their rights are still retained by the team that select them up until the next year's draft. So um, we'll talk about that in in a second here. So, anything else, MJ, from the from the draft that you wanted to highlight? Okay, all right. No. So MLS dropped the 2024 schedule right before Christmas. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, we Minnesota United opens away to Austin on February 24th. Um, MLS decision day is at home this year, which is uh, super fun. Um, hasn't been that way for a couple years now, I believe. I think 2019 was the last time we had a decision day at home. And then um, maybe even 18, yeah. And then uh, all of our Eastern Conference away matches are done by May 5th, which is a, a, a kind of a disappointing thing 
Um, if anybody wants to travel, uh, we don't see the Eastern Conference teams very often. Um, they certainly we don't see them away very often, right? Because we and we don't get we don't have Miami on our schedule yet. That was the big thing I think that a lot of Minnesota United fans were hoping potentially for. excited about. Yeah. Um, maybe sell their 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 uh, Miami ticket and make uh you know pay for their season tickets for the next couple of years. Oh, girl. Uh, Miami is, I think, definitely like sort of. We should be getting Miami relatively soon, I would think, just um, based on the way things are. But we did not get them this year, so hopefully next year we get Miami away and uh, and and all that and all the fun messiness that entails with that. So, um, I don't know. Is there any games that you are looking at? I'm I'm targeting the the game uh, Memorial Weekend. Is they they play away to Colorado, and I'm hoping to travel to that one. Ooh, um, that does sound fun. Go to, go to Colorado for Memorial Weekend. Um, Jess, MJ, any other any other games that you're excited about for on the schedule? We can go. We'll go. Obviously, go through the schedule a little bit more in depth when we, you know, actually preview the team in a couple weeks. So, yeah. No, I, it's uh, Chicago Fire's turn to come here, right? So that's always fun. Uh, not this year. No, next next year I think maybe. Um, yeah, they're not on the schedule this year. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, it, MLS we Philadelphia again. We got them before. Yeah, we've had Philadelphia twice in the last three years, I think. So yeah. Anyways, we'll break down the schedule a little more uh, in depth um, once we get closer to the season, um, and we have a little more time things to talk about and, and preview the the loon season. Finally, right before the end of the year, I believe this is like right after Christmas, the Loons officially loaned Ethan Bristow to Stockport County, uh, EFL League Two team. Um, yeah, that's a good move. I think that's through the end of you know through the end of the uh, League Two season, so at least until May. Um, you know, we'll see. That will give him some time to to play back in England, um, where he's probably a little more comfortable, and give uh, you know the team a little time to sort of evaluate whether or not they want to, you know, sell him on or bring him back for the second half of the season. So. Cool. I think it's cool. a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's certainly, yeah, it's certainly, he wasn't going to play for Minnesota United. So definitely you gives him some minutes for the St. Kitts and Nevis uh, team, national team, right? Yeah. I don't even know if he's like, if he's actually, been playing for Stockport County. I, I would I would assume so, but um, um you know uh, no, I'm not gonna make you look up anything because it's not worth it. So okay. all right, let's move on to January and uh and I didn't know this Jess, but you turned twenty nine. Oh it's thirty nine on January fourth. Congratulations. Happy happy thirty ninth birthday. So Yeah. And um I'm 39, and I can bend, and I can stretch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not 50 yet. I'm going to be 39 for the rest of my life, but this one is for real. This year, I am actually 39. Excellent. Excellent. Um, Happy belated birthday, Jess. Yeah, guys. for sure. For sure. Uh, so he has got a couple of games with... Uh, just going back to Bristow with Stockport County played on the 13th against Walsall on a three, one win. Got a yellow card in the 90th minute or he played 90 minutes, got a yellow card and then uh, a five, one win against Doncaster an assist and played 73 minutes. So Bristow is yeah. actually getting some time. So good for him. 
All right. Uh, so the, this brings us back. So you remember we said uh, the team announced on December 5th that Sean McCauley was sticking around as the interim manager. Yeah. Uh, about a month later, they announced that Sean McCauley was leaving as the interim manager. Uh, and Cameron Knowles was taking over uh, as the interim to the interim manager, assistant to the assistant regional manager <laughs> of Minnesota United. Uh, um, Cameron Knowles could have given me that job. Yeah, Cameron at that time. Cameron Knowles, people may know from his time with Minnesota United FC two, which I think he's done a pretty good job. I haven't been to many yeah. twos games, but they're they're still they're pretty competitive. Um, they you know they haven't made the playoffs, but they're you know they're they're still a pretty competitive team. Um, he's been in Minnesota for a few years now, so at least he knows the players. He knows, uh, you know how the players train and everything. So and better you know, than a random interim manager, but it's not great. <laughs> he spent time before with Minnesota United with the Portland Timbers too, which means right. he knows Giovanni Savarese. In fact, he probably has Gio's number, you know, in, in his phone and his know. black book. Yeah. <laughs> Good point, Chips. Good point. There you go. Um, uh, the, I, the big MJN on takeaways is that obviously Keith pulled whatever blackmail material he had on Sean McCauley. And, and it was just like, hey, you said, like, we're a team. We do things together. When you're out, I'm out. And you're still there. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> so, so he he pulled out all, all the blackmail material on, on Sean McCauley. Sean McCauley had to awkwardly leave when he did um there's they're still trying to track back if there's any connections to any pizza parlors yeah uh i mean like five days later he was announced as the head coach for indy 11 so i think that maybe shot your uh mj anon uh theory to bullshit but you know just me so we still like to make them those <laughs> theories uh i mean you guys do i'm i'm a professional journalist so i am if nothing if not professional on this stupid fucking podcast. So you negotiations he had with Keith behind. Well, let me let me get this indie job first. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh at this point, still no uh Khalid Alamad. Uh he um is still was still working on his work visa. Uh so this was I mean there's uh, people remember there was some kerfuffle about this with Wonderwall put out a statement um basically being like we're you know we at least understand there's a process but you know, it's it, it was it was frustrating um, to be to be perfectly frank. It still and still is. It's not it's not not frustrating anymore. Um, then shortly after this, uh, Caldera, the draft pick we mentioned, um, was announced that he's going back to school for the year at West Virginia. Again, as I mentioned, the loons still retain his rights for um, you know for the this upcoming year up until the next draft, I believe. Uh, loons shortly thereafter. Announced a friendly with St. Patrick Athletic. This is the international friendly that will be part of your season ticket package. Um, March 20th at 7 p.m. St. Patrick Athletic is obviously in the Irish uh, Premier League. I'm not sure if it's called the Irish Premier League. It's called something. It's got a Premier in it uh, in the name somewhere. I think they are famously have never been relegated from the first division in Irish football. So, however, Irish football is... Uh, not great in terms of like the league quality. So this will be interesting. <laughs> It'll be fun. It's going to be right around St. Patrick's Day, which is cool. It sounds like the St. Patrick Athletic announced that they're going to be in town um, for because uh, St. Patrick's Day is what the 17th. So they're actually going to be in town in, in Minnesota, um, presumably in St. Paul on March 17th. So if you want to get fucked up with some uh, Irish football players, 
Um, now's your a, chance. Yeah, now's your chance if you want to go try and bag some um, Irish football man um, and you're a lady or a dude and you want to go, you know, I'm guessing the Dubliner pub will probably be where they're, where they're going to be. It would make a ton of sense or maybe the local, but neither here nor there. I have not privy to any of the uh particulars of their trip but it, they did it they when the they did the announcement they did mention they're going to be in the city for st patrick's day so it would not surprise me if like they're if they're like in the st patrick's day parade in in st paul and just doing um fun stuff so doing the rounds uh, as yeah hope you know it, it, ideally i mean hopefully if they're going to be here might as well try and make it fun i guess i'm not really sure what the irish premier league schedule is like and they must have a break there where they have some time to to get over to the to the states but um it should be fun hopefully especially around st patrick's day it makes a ton of sense that way also it's really it's a novelty for the st patrick athletic players and staff that will be here because they've probably heard stories that st patty's is a way bigger deal here in the united states <laughs> Ireland, and and people get way drunker or something i mean so, they're gonna they're gonna go if they go to the dubliner pub they're just gonna see just a bunch of people like puking outside of big ass tents and yeah, yeah, yeah. considering the summer considering <laughs> considering the winter that we're having um it's gonna be 90 degrees on saint patrick's day so you know it could be a shit show honestly in in saint paul so maybe i need to like get out of the get out of the city that weekend and just like rent my house <laughs> out to, to some irish fucks or Airbnb. something i don't know yeah and to Chicago, where they dye the river green. Oh, um, uh, that's so gross! Yeah, no, the, the I mean, I'm guessing the green beer will just will annoy the shit out of them, honestly. So, um, hopefully, the the, the team okay. takes them to some place where it's not they don't have green beer. But I did look it up, David, and I hate to say this, but you are right. It is not the Irish Premier League as I thought it would be called, since the Scottish Premier League is called the Scottish Premier League. It is League of Ireland Premier Division. That's it. I knew something had premiere in it, but I couldn't remember what exactly it was. Oh, thank wow, you yeah. for thank you for uh for correcting me there on that one and doing the the hard lurk of googling something I refuse to Google. So yeah, um, <laughs> I didn't Google it. I, I I Wikipedia that shit. But yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, this time, this is like right around when the league um had their uh uh beginning of the year sort of like press conference thing where they uh, a bunch of like players from all the teams come together. Um, there was a pooky quote that kind of got made the rounds here up in Minnesota <laughs> talking about the manager situation. Um, you know, I, yeah. And, and this is a quote uh, directly from him. Yeah. Obviously not the best situation. We start on Saturday with the medical test. So I've been around. I haven't seen any of the players since the end of uh, the season. Hopefully we get everything sorted out fast and we can start on Monday with training and everything going. We have a good core in our team. And I would say we probably need to sign some players and yeah, we need to start the work and hopefully we'll be able ready when the season starts. So not a, not the, not the greatest quote in the world, but obviously very diplomatic of the situation. Yeah. At this point still Reno. So has not shown up uh, for. Oh, no. uh, Are we doing this again? Yeah. Well, spoiler Jess, he shows up, but just not, not right on time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so this is like January 13th, right around there. That's when the, they, the players all are technically supposed to report for, uh, testing and everything, um, and then some training before they go down to Tucson, to Arizona, um, which we'll talk about here in a second. So, meantime, Loons make some uh, make some signings here. They signed Charleston battery fullback Derek Dodson to a one-year contract uh, with two club options for 2025 and 2026. Uh, they complete the signing of Jordan uh, DeBayo-Smith uh, following his trade with the Revolution. Um 
He's under contract through the 2026 season uh, with an option for 2027. Uh, the Loons also sent $125,000 in GAM to um, New England to get his play- priority player rights. Um, he could also oh, respect allocation rating thing. Yeah, that's well. That's because he's technically MLS Next Pro. So and and yeah. Revolution had his rights as, as an affiliate player or whatever. I don't know it's fucking MLS man. Um, yeah. There could be up to another fifty thousand dollars in additional performance based gam as well. So it's one hundred twenty five thousand dollars guaranteed, up to one hundred seventy five thousand uh, dollars. Fragapane also still not with the team. I don't believe he is with the team yet either. Still, um, he's working on his green card. His is an excused absence. Whereas uh, Reynoso's was unexcused. Uh, as I mentioned before, um, the other draft pick, Babakar Niang, one of the other draft picks, uh, decides to stay in college for one more year. Again, um, Loons still retain his rights uh, through that year. Uh, Minnesota United, there's a new kit man, uh, Mitch Carnifix, coming from the Seattle Sounders. So we're we'll, guessing we'll see him um, maybe catching balls in the uh, near the Wonderwall section. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, uh, Tane Oluwese was working on getting his uh, green card as well. I'm not sure if that is officially done, but that was something that um, Andy Greeter had noted in one of his notes columns a couple weeks ago, uh, which is good because Minnesota has quite a few international players and they need to um, make sure they have spots for them. So uh, speaking of international players, we signed Alejandro Braun on loan from Costa Rican first division side, Herediano um, for this year with an option to purchase him um, after the, um, loan is up. He's a midfielder, Costa Rican, uh, international. He's played on the international team or in the on the Costa Rican national team a couple times. Um, this proceeded to uh, in the soccer slacks that I'm in. Lots of um, brand jokes, both of the fiber variety, but also of the Game of Thrones variety. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know how how much international, uh, how much mileage you guys get on that. This is you know this one could be a good uh, a good signing for Minnesota United. Although we, signing us signing Costa Ricans has never not worked out well, right, MJ? Uh, you right. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking of three that we signed in 2018, right? One of them was sort of good. Uh, yeah. Uh, good, good question. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Put your yeah. Come on, cough up the names. Let's not just play. So- right? The, uh, uh, Frankie like, Calvo. Frankie Calvo was Costa Rican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was kind of good. Agreed. Yeah, Johan Venegas, also yeah. Costa Rican. Good. And Beautiful then uh, on the on the smile though, big big yeah. smile. On yeah, Joe. and then why am I blanking on the third the third guy who sucked ass and was not good? Jose Leton. Jose Leton. Yes. God damn it, Jose Leton. So yeah, so we don't have a great track record with uh, Costa Ricans getting <laughs> along with our team. Bad. Uh, I've not, I would I would argue that Venegas was not good. Calvo, I would also argue was not good, but he had some value. Let's put it that way. So there we there was some value in in um, uh, Frankie Calvo. So so yeah, so it's definitely won't fail. I mean, fail fool me once, you know what? Jokes on me. Fool me twice. Jokes on you. Fool me three times. Jokes on me. Fool me four times. Uh, I guess the joke is also on me or something. Um, to paraphrase our. Or you're uh, f- former president George Bush, yeah, or you're or you're a masochist, which is uh, you know, which listen to each their own. Not my kink. Yeah, yeah, we don't uh, we don't yuck anybody's yum on the Dave's I Know podcast. Oh, we do not. So. We are kink positive. <laughs> 
Finally, uh, so this, yeah, this goes back to the other point, Jess. Reynoso finally joins the team. So he joined the team, um, I think, early last week. Um, the, the team announced, I think he's on sun, uh, last Sunday, I believe, that he was in Minnesota. He would, he would join. Uh, he'd come to Blaine for some of the physicals and, and some of the testing, and then he would join the team in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team announced a couple of MNUFC 2 deals. Uh, Malik Jesse Khan signed a new deal for a year with a club option. Um, same thing with Fred Emmings, who had not, uh, not re-signed, uh, his, uh, the club, you know, refused to, or, or declined to re-sign him after his deal was up. Um, but he re-signed to Minnesota UFC two, uh, one year contract with another, with an option for 2025. I'll say I'm, I'm glad on that one. Um, Fred is, seems like a super nice guy. Um, I think I've mentioned that he's, um, that towards the end of the, of the year he would him and a, a bunch of people from uh i think friends from saint thomas and maybe from you know high school and stuff would show up and play futsal at the futsal court that we were playing at so like a lot of times uh, there's like a bunch of us old 40 year olds playing with like these 20 18 19 nice. 20 year olds um and just uh schooling us uh in soccer uh on the futsal pitch so um it was super cool to see that and so i'm really glad he he signed another contract as well as well as uh, Malik Jesse Khan too, who played really well for um, the Minnesota United uh, FC two last year as well. So, uh, all right. And then anything on either of those, MJ, any, or Jess? I mean, he, he went to central high school. He's low, yeah. you know, uh, a lot of good, good feels, right. A lot of good feels with, for Fred. Absolutely. Uh, and then a couple of, of higher profile signings um, shortly thereafter that. Uh, Carlos Harvey, a uh, defensive midfielder, signed from Phoenix Rising. Um, a two hundred thousand dollar transfer fee was paid to to Phoenix for Harvey. Um, he signed through twenty twenty five with a again with a club option for twenty twenty six. He was formerly of LA Galaxy, LA Galaxy two. Uh, he won the USL Championship in I believe last year with Phoenix Rising. Um, also plays with the Panamanian, Panamanian national team. Uh, he's been kind of he's kind of bounced around between um, MLS, MLS Next Pro, USL, um, and there's a, a a pretty good article. Um, I may I'll try to link to it when I post the podcast of uh, basically like from USL the USL Tactics blog, basically saying why Carlos Harvey deserves another shot at MLS. So sorry, MJ. Oh, I was gonna say it's the first legit defensive midfielder we have signed. <laughs> right. Uh, since uh, Ozzy Alonso. Ozzy Alonso, yeah. So, like, Adrian Heath liked to try to shoehorn a lot of people into the six role that that are not sixes. Uh, Most recently, uh, Jan Gregush or Will Trapp, for example. Right. Or uh, Joseph Rosales or Kervin Arriaga. Yeah. People were telling me that Kervin Arriaga is more legitimately a six than an eight, but he didn't play that way. Like when he was on the pitch, he was he was not a defense first type of guy. So yeah, uh, at least on paper, this seems like a good at least depth piece, if not, you know, someone that can. He's he's only twenty three years old, right? Yeah, I was gonna say he's still young, so he's still got plenty of American opportunity. Standards, he's young. I think I think he's got. I think he'll he'll be given every opportunity to to win the job. Um, and like I said, if Will Trap is your is your backup option there, and you know Will Trap starts, and you kind of bed Harvey in a little bit. I think that's not the worst thing in the world considering what Minnesota United has. Um, If they can find a kid from, you know, from USL and turn him into a 
a really good defensive midfielder in MLS, that's a, you know, that's a lot of money saved and, and you money that you can reinvest in the club if you're not spending a ton of money on, on that player. So um, it's definitely a high upside signing. Um, I think there's very, like very low downside. Um, downside is he just, he's just a, a squad player doesn't really play much. Um, and if that's the case, then, you know, Will Trap is playing every day and we know, I mean, there's thing Minnesota United fans know what Will Trap plays like as the sixth. So if the, that's the bar, right? So like anything above that is good. And I think, um, Harvey has got some high upside in terms of being able to control that position. And maybe he's not a starter right from, you know, February 24th, but maybe by, you know, middle of the middle of the season, he's, you know, he's taking that job, um, and pushing his way into that job for, um, uh, for Minnesota. So, uh, the other big signing that we need to talk about, Victor Erickson, uh, a center back signed on a free from previously of, uh, FFK, FK, uh, Varnamo, uh, in Sweden. It's a three-year contract with a club option for 2027. Uh, he's also young. I believe he's also like 23, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he left uh, his, his club in Sweden, in the Alkavetsen. Um, They were consistently in a in the you know, top division there. Uh, he's got one international um, call-up, I believe, for, for the Sweden national team. Um, but I think he is... You know, kind of the, the I think they're looking at between him and, and Miguel Tapias, the potentially a future center back pairing for Minnesota United. MJ, do you have any anything else on Victor Eriksson? He's our resident no, Swede. Just that, uh, you know, in the in the time that you know, Eriksson was was at uh, where's the name of the club again? Uh, Veronimo. Uh, Varnamo, Varnamo. Yeah, sorry, Varnamo. I mean, uh, Varnamo would be awesome, <laughs> but he was there for about six seasons, six or seven yeah. seasons. And he's really young. In in that season, they were relegated from the Division Two, the super, the Super Rotten, to the Super Rotten to Division One, which is really the Tier Three. And then got promoted from tier three back up to the Super Rotten. We're only in the Super Rotten for one season, and they got promoted again. Um, and then they th- their first season back in the Allsvenskan, the top division, they took tenth, and then last year they took fifth. And I I am not going to be naive and say that, well, due to Victor Eriksson's fabulous defense at center back, you know that that is the sole reason why they moved up the ladder but you know he probably ha- has seen a lot of different th- things thrown at him in this in the Swedish division playing in those three levels and that's probably going to transfer okay to MLS without knowing who the players are and what they play like but like I don't know I I, I like to see that the team that he's been on he's been on there for seven years and the team has made progress up up the divisions that's nice yeah, clearly we have a good track record of signing Scandinavian uh, defenders too. So <laughs> nothing. To... Uh, anyways, I'm gonna reserve judgment. I, this he sounds like a good signing. Um, I'm really hoping that I really hope he's got he gets a chance to bet in 
like I said, with Boxall, with Tapias, um, yeah. get some get some time and and ease his way into the into the club. So, um, yeah, I'm just thinking Mikhail Marcus. Uh, what's his face? Um, who was our first captain? Why am I blanking on his name? Demidov. Vadim Demidov. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, uh, we're we're hoping for the best here, guys. We're it's a new season. Yeah, we're being positive. We're being fucking positive and shit. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Don't know anything about these guys? So therefore, they have to be good. Right. Right. Absolutely, they have to be good. So, uh, speaking of young kids, Cage Romanshin Jr., uh, MNUFC Academy U19 midfielder, signed a two-year MLS Next Pro contract. Uh, with a club option for 2026, so that's cool. We're seeing, we're finally seeing some of the fruits of the academy uh, making their way up to, you know, moving on up the system, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and then finally, we signed um, midfielder Moses uh, Nyman, uh, only 20 years old. Um, he was previously, or he had most recently been in the Belgian second tier side, uh, SK Beverin. Uh, he's originally started in MLS. Uh, he was a DC United homegrown player. Um, in 2019, uh, he also like in 2023 was on loan at our like, Real Salt Lake. Um, played a bunch of uh, lower division matches across MLS Next Pro and the USL Championship. And when they announced this, I was like, "Who? What? Who is this guy?" Uh, and then I saw some stat or some saw some articles, basically from like I believe it was like 2018 or whatever, where he was one of the players to be on the lookout for with a lot of really good players. Um, that are in that were that are now playing, you know, really great soccer all over the world. So uh, this kid had some hype for uh, quite a long time. Um, again, only 20 years old, so he's still got plenty of time to grow. Um, maybe just needs a new, hopefully, a new change of scenery. Again, another midfielder. It sounds like I mean, if you're if it sounds like we've signed a lot of USL esque players to our team, yes, we have signed a lot of USL type players to our squad. Um, I think that. I mean, it makes sense in the context of that we don't we don't have a, a, a first team manager yet, right? And our um, our uh, chief soccer officer just showed up to the to the states, so they haven't got an opportunity to sort of like put their stamp on what this side will look like. And this team, all things you know, all things being equal, Minnesota United was a better team, I think, than where they finished last year, especially with a full season of Reynoso. Um, they needed some depth and this is what they signed. They signed a lot of depth, um, a lot of younger pieces that could be uh, major players here in a year or two. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if we look back at the end of the season and, and Carlos Harvey is, you know, uh, the starting uh, six for this team that Victor Erickson has stepped in and, and replaced uh, Boxel as the starting center back um, and Boxel moving into sort of maybe a coaching role or something. It wouldn't surprise me if either of those things happen. It also wouldn't surprise me if, if um, you know those guys are are not seeing any minutes either, so it, it is a it's kind of a crapshoot how how the offseason has kind of played out. And we have some really good returning pieces, which I'm sure we'll get to. But in the preseason, yeah, season. I mean, listen, yeah, we'll talk about that probably you know in a, a week or two or whatever. I mean, Cade Cowell, um, or not Kate, not Cade Cowell, Caden Clark. Um, there's too many Cades in in U.S. soccer. Uh, comes in yeah. from from um, from Red Bulls. Uh, obviously, we get Robin Lude back. He, you know, he he went out early in in the season last year. So there's lots of there's lots of things to like about Minnesota. And so we'll talk about all that uh, in a little bit. So, uh, all right, the promotion schedule was announced. Um, pretty standard stuff. Um, just I I will keep pointing out 
Uh, there's not a Star Wars day on the promotion schedule, which I find a like an abomination. Um, get yeah. Star Wars day on the Minnesota United promotion schedule. Minnesota United. And to be fair, the promotion schedule is like some really great stuff. A lot like, um, you know, talk about like Native American history and pride and all that. Like mental it's, health it's awareness. Health, mental health awareness, like all the good things, but also fucking Star Wars day, man. Come on. It's not that hard. So I'll have to bring that up with Sherry next time I next time I have a conversation with yeah, Sherry. Yeah, yeah, next time uh, Brian point number one. Yeah, I'm gonna make yeah, make sure that that's the, that's the first thing I talk one. about. Yeah. Uh as I mentioned, uh uh Khaled Al Ahmad finally arrived in Minnesota with his work visa. Um sounds Yay! like he was sounds like he was also chatting with um Cameron Knowles, the the interim manager or interim interim manager. Um before that, yeah. like checking in on the team and all that. So like he was certainly working, um, but it's just it's Nice to actually finally be in the States uh, and seeing the team live in person. Uh, the team did play uh, Sporting Arizona uh, down in Tucson. They beat them seven and nothing. Um, one of the cool things about this game, I mean, this that team is is below, I think, in terms of the the pyramid, the, the soccer pyramid in the U.S., that team is below the Minneapolis City 2 team um, in terms of, like, where they where they are on the pyramid. So it's it's. Goes without saying, Minnesota should beat that team seven in seven or nothing is you know a good score. I think one of the big takeaways from that team is that Darius Randall, a young player, got minutes and scored a goal. Um, very young player uh, for the Minnesota United uh, in the Minnesota United system, so that's super cool. And that should be the big takeaway from that. Patrick Wea scored a goal. Uh, speaking of forwards that we lost for an entire year, um, Patrick Wea is back uh, with the team, so um, which is super cool. And then uh, over the weekend, uh, 1-1 draw with uh, Montreal, uh, down in, again, also down in Arizona there. Um, Victor Wanyama from Montreal scored about five minutes before the game was over. But former Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> yeah, former uh, Minneapolis City player, Luke Masambi scored the opener Woo! for Minnesota United, uh, which is very, very cool as well. So um, that's your, your, sorry, your Minneapolis City minute there. Um, Luke Masambi scoring a goal for Minnesota United, which is awesome. Uh, the teams, pretty much what you would expect uh, in the first half, Dane St. Clair in goal, uh, Taylor Boxall, uh, Tapias, and then Joseph Rosales in the back, um, which I think we actually might see more of Joseph Rosales as a left back in, in uh, this year, which I think is actually a good thing. Um, I, Ariaga, I like back there. Yeah, me too. Ariaga, Dotson, and Robin Lude in the midfield, and then Song Binjong, uh, Darius Randall, and um, that. Speaking of Jordan Adebayo Smith up top, uh, the second half, Clint Irwin came in. Play the for, kids. Yes. Play the kids. <laughs> Clint Irwin came in, in the second half to start, and then Fred Edmonds came in in the 70th minute. Uh, Zarek Valentin, Bacharach, Morris Duggan, uh, and Devin Pedelford, um, the back line. Will Trap, Carlos Harvey, with Moses Nyman spelling him in the 82nd minute, and Alejandro Braun. Um, with Caden Clark, Luik Masanvi, and Patrick Weah also playing up top in the second half as well. So, um, interesting, cool lineup. I, again, like I said, this team has pieces, and it just it just needs a couple more. I think it needs a one or two more starters, possibly. But other than that, I think it's 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 pretty good. Uh, it was announced today by the team. Alejandro Braun was called up to Costa Rica uh, for Costa Rican national team duty uh, this Friday the second at 8 p.m. in Costa Rica, playing El Salvador in a friendly. Uh, and then so Minnesota United came back to Arizona this weekend after uh, playing there for a week. Um, they'll go back to um, California, uh, to Coachella, 
uh, for the Coachella Valley Invitational, where they have uh, three games February 10th at 3 p.m. or sorry, 2 p.m. our time against the Phoenix Rising, which would be interesting because that's Carlos Harvey's old club. February 14th against Chicago Fire at 5 p.m. You don't play them this year in the regular season. <laughs> 4 p.m. Central Time. And then February 17th uh, at noon Central Time against Charlotte FC. I don't know if those games are going to be televised at all. I would hope that it, since they're featuring MLS clubs, that Apple, um, the MLS, um, Apple Plus deal will kick in and they will um, advertise or show those games. Um, they're showing a lot of Inter Miami games for some godforsaken reason in fucking you know Saudi <laughs> Arabia, but uh, they won't show Minnesota United games or whatever. So, a couple other. Uh, things I just wanted to point out in terms of the you know, sort of off-season stuff. Uh, Red Loons are having uh, a big meeting on February 15th, 7 p.m. at the Blackhearts. Uh, if you're interested in Red Loons or, or want to come uh, come to that meeting, um, please, we need uh, we need some people to to join the, the Red Loons. Uh, the Wonderwall's annual meeting will be February 21st at 6 p.m. Um, at Summit Brewery in the, the training bar, so not in the Raskeller as it has been in the past, but in their, in their sort of their main corporate office, which is behind the brewery, um, will be, uh, there'll be, you know, beers and, and food. And there'll be a sort of, sort of talk about the Wonderwall, um, how things went this year. And then um, anybody who's running for the Wonderwall board can talk uh, to the people and, and chit chat and all that. And that's happening on February 21st uh, at 6 PM. Uh, and then the, um, there's, I know there's going to be a dark house party coming up soon, but I don't know when the hell it is. And I don't have my, I don't have the notes for it. So um, I know that's coming up relatively soon too. So, and I know teenies actually, they, they're moving their um, pre-match bar to the Midway saloon. I believe February 10th is when they're having a big party at the Midway saloon. So uh, if you are a teeny member or interested in TNE and all that, um, definitely go check them out at their new, their new home, Midway saloon, which is obviously right across the street from Allianz field. So It'd be nice that all of the SGs will be um, partying before matches very close to Allianz. And hopefully maybe we can do a couple more um, marches to the matches this year. So, um, yeah. So, all right. I've been done a lot of talking. So let's take a quick break. Um, we come back. We got a, a few more things to discuss, um, including some World Soccer, um, some AFCON and, and Asian Cup. Um, I got some thoughts on Liverpool. I'm going to poke MJ about Everton. Uh, and yeah, we'll figure out what else is going on. So we will be right back. You want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to. But we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right. We are back, and thank you, everybody, for indulging me of my needing to get some water. I forgot podcasts, you get uh, dry when you talk a bunch. So I'll try to not talk as much in the second half of the podcast here. But Emphasis uh, on the word try. Yes, uh, exactly. Um, all right, so amidst all of the, the loons news and, and not so much news and, and stuff, uh, there was the U.S. Open Cup debacle, and I figured it's a good opportunity for us to talk a little bit about the Open Cup um generally if you're not familiar uh mls announced uh on a friday i believe uh basically that they were going to not send their full um 
A teams, more or less, to the Open Cup matches, and they were going to send their MLS Next Pro teams, which for most teams meant they were sending, you know, kids to play in these games. Um, however, there's a DC United does not have an MLS Next Next Pro team, so basically DC United was not going to be participating in the US Open Cup. I think this is lost on a lot of people that there was a team that did not have a Next Pro team. So that was dropped on a Friday. Everybody was kind of like in the in the US soccer community was freaking out quite a bit because this is one of the oldest soccer tournaments in the world, right? I think it's um, second only to like the Irish in terms of like how long it's been a, a tournament. Like U.S. Open Cup is older than FA Cup in England, um, which is prestigious. A prestigious tournament. It is old, yeah. Um, it, it, uh, until the pandemic, it was the longest. It was I think it was the longest running, continuously running tournament in like soccer tournament in the world. Um, and then obviously got uh, kibosh put on it by uh, COVID for a couple years there. So it's a pretty. It's you know it's not a. It's prestigious to say the FA Cup or something, but still a pretty important tournament in terms of you know the soccer world specifically in. The U.S. And, and those of us who've been around um, and following soccer for a long time. I mean, obviously, I've not been as long as some people, but some people remember, you know, Open Cups for years and go, go back, going back. So um, that was put out on like a Friday. I believe the following Tuesday, U.S. Soccer had responded basically saying, fuck you. You that's not cool. You're not doing that. You're playing in this tournament. Um, the problem they, is they with threatened to remove the D1 sanctioning. Yes, which is that's the thing that the U.S. Soccer can do um, that they, you know, as part of participating in being the, the officially sanctioned uh, D1 soccer league in the United States. Um, there are some parameters that they have to hit, um, like things like stadium size and um, uh, geographic locations and yada, yada, yada. But part of like one of those major factors is participating in the Open Cup every year. So long story short, we don't have any sort of resolution on it. Now, the U.S. soccer put out a statement and then MLS said, oh, OK, we acknowledge your statement, but they didn't really respond anyway. So we haven't got any sort of clarification on what is happening yet. But um, this is obviously not a Minnesota United specific story there. I don't think Minnesota is leading the charge and not wanting to participate in the Open Cup. Listen, we made it to the Open Cup final a couple of years ago. This is actually a tournament I think that Minnesota has taken somewhat seriously most years that they've been an MLS team. Um, not every year, but this is. It's a trophy, and they're when winning a trophy, you know, is great for winning a trophy. But also, like there, there's more money involved. There's um, prestige. There's opportunities to play in the um, Concacaf Champions Cup now. Right? It's not the Champions League anymore. It's called like Concacaf Champions Cup or whatever. So there's like other opportunities, and so I think most MLS fan bases um, appreciate this tournament for what it is. So um, I just MJ, what were your thoughts on? I mean, MLS. Like trying to unilaterally just basically say that they're not going to participate. Um, there are some issues in terms of like the rosters that are self-inflicted by MLS, and I don't know maybe if you want to talk about any of that stuff at all. But I'm gonna turn my U.S. Open Cup soccer rant into a rant that sadly the Dave's I know listeners have heard me go on before, and that is I'm reading right now MLS executives claimed that the choice was made to give younger players an opportunity in the competition and help ease scheduling. Now, here's one thing. There are some managers who already play their younger players in the Open Cup to help ease scheduling, right? They already do that. Minnesota United was not one of them, but like 
some managers already use the open cup to try to play their youth. Um, so I get it by making them go to MLS next pro teams. That's even younger. And, and so I, I understand that, but the help that he's scheduling, my God, MLS don't play so many fucking games in the season. Right. Don't have an asymmetrical schedule with like East and West and blah, 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 blah. Every team plays one, Every team plays every other team in their division, home and away, and that's it. Maybe a few things across East and West, but just don't have any so many fucking games. You compare our our season and how many home and away games our teams have to play versus a European team, and it's ridiculous. And they have to travel more miles and more time zones. Like, don't make the schedule so like dense. Don't play during fucking international breaks, and you wouldn't have this ease of scheduling issue. Uh, so you're right, MJ. Um, however, I think the thing that is sort of lost on there and that many people pointed out was that the, the condensed schedule and the condensed scheduling issue um, really only arose last year when what happened? Oh, we created a whole other tournament with Liga Mekis <laughs> in the middle of the summer and took a month off of the MLS season. Um, so you're right. It is, it's a, it's not a great look for MLS. Um, I'm glad, I'm glad supporters rallied around, rallied around it, rallied against MLS and saying, no, this is a, um, a fucking important thing. And you, you need to take it seriously. And you know what, honestly, it's like, it's like with, um, I don't know, MJ, you and I both follow, um, you know, EPL teams, right? So, like, there's, in addition to uh, the league play, right, there's FA Cup, which is an important competition. There's also a Leagues Cup, which is, uh, you know, yeah. a, a slightly less, less important less important competition um, that a lot of teams just play. They don't play their regular players, right? Like, Liverpool is now in the in the final of that again. Uh, they've been playing their, their second-choice goalkeeper for the entirety of that tournament. And, they, and Jurgen Klopp announced that he's going to Stay with that guy. He's, they're not going to play their best goalkeeper in the final because that's a tournament for the younger players, right? So they're players who are trying to bet in, who are trying to get minutes, who are trying to like come back from injury or something, and also the young guys. Like they played a, a like a really a ridiculously young starting eleven for their um, semifinal second leg of their semifinal game last week, and that's that's good. That's important. And they played Fulham, and if they lost, they lost, and it would have been whatever. And I think most fans would have been like, okay, it's fine. The kids got some minutes and whatever. And even with the FA Cup, the early rounds of the FA Cup, it's often they are playing younger players, right? They're not playing full full strength rosters um, to give their kids some opportunities. The problem here, I think, as far as I see, is that MLS roster rules are so weird that they have to do things like they have to like sign their players from their MLS Next Pro teams to one day contracts basically to play in this tournament. You can only do that three times before or two times before they have to sign a professional contract. So it's MLS's MLS is like creating ridiculously weird arbitrary barriers for playing their kids in these tournaments if they wanted to. And if you wanted to if you wanted to be the team that that played your best players and tried to win this tournament every year, you should every MLS team should have that opportunity. If you want to be the team that only plays your kids in these games until you get to say the semifinals, you should be able to have that opportunity to be that team. But the way the MLS roster rules are set up, 
and you know, with what they have, they, they just can't do that. So, um, or MLS won't let them do that at least right now. So, and I think U S soccer federations, um, response to them was great. was basically kind of like, yeah, like you could fix your roster rules. Like this is kind of on you, not on us. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. So anyways, so I'm I'm hoping there's some good resolution. It sounds like, I mean, it doesn't sound like they're going to get away with trying to run their next pro teams out there that they're going to have to do something. And and hopefully that means MLS makes some adjustments and allows for some more flexibility with their rosters and at least for MLS next MLS, uh, the open cup as well as maybe like open it up for the league's cup too. Like maybe make your rosters a little more open for league's cup as well. So your some of your younger players can get a chance to play against some, you know, international competition as well. I don't know what the, the, the rules are, but I do know that there's a lot of rules about how much you're, you can bring an a next pro player up to play with the senior team and back. And I do agree that you need something there to protect teams from paying a young player at MLS next pro contract salary, you know, lower wages, but then using him a lot in senior team, like, Oh, we want to give our youth minutes. And he's basically playing for the senior team, but you're paying him at the, at the lower, you know, that you need to have some sort of protection there. So they're not just bringing someone up and playing them the max amount of games for the senior team um, and then paying them at an MLS next pro contract. Yeah. That being said, the the limits on how much you can bring someone up and back, those should be waived for the CONCACAF Leagues Cup and for the uh, U.S. Open Cup. Yeah. The, the, these extra tournaments that are causing, you know, a more condensed schedule, you should just waive the MLS Next Pro, like, transfer. You, you know, don't even, MJ, like, you don't even need to waive that. You can just say... For you just need to um, submit and expand. You can expand your roster for these tournaments. So you submit your roster yeah, before yeah. the day before the 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 you know the tournament starts or whenever you enter the competition. You submit an expanded roster that's got you know thirty spots on it as opposed to the twenty two spots or whatever that you that for the roster that you normally expand. And to your point about paying people is like yes, it's super easy to do. All you just do is you say. If you are on an MLS Next Pro contract um, and you get called up for a um, uh, MLS a team match, whether that's you know in the league or some or someone else, you get paid thirty four divided by whatever the minimum salary is, or whatever your MLS Next Pro contract is, whichever is greater, right? So if you if you're if your MLS Next Pro contract, it's it's just like with um, minor league baseball, right? Like if you get called up to play for the Twins. Right, you are on a major league minimum salary for the the two weeks or whatever that you are the three days or the day that you're up for. Like if you're a pitcher, you come up for one fucking day, you get paid, and that includes your includes uh, meal money, includes uh, you know, all the per diem. You get you, that's you get whatever the 162 divided by, you know, um, the minimum salary is, or and so in this case, it'd be 34 divided by whatever the minimum salary is. That's a really easy thing to do, and so it seems like. It's it's an easy fix that MLS doesn't really want to do, but I think they're going to have to do MLS it. MLS just want to like, like throw rocks in its own path. Like, it's it's MLS. I'm going to complain about this, but I could do something about it. But I'm not. I'm going to yeah. complain. Thank you, Jess. And I would just like to thank the listeners for hearing 
David and I just go on these rants. But <laughs> in exchange for these rants, I want you to let let you all know, listeners, we have now just David and I just solved MLS, the U.S. Open Cup, MLS Next Pro, uh, ro- roster size limits, and the and Con- contracts, Concacaf Leagues Cup. We've we've just solved all of that. So, yeah, you know, I'm That's I'm happy. I'm happy to take an assistant MLS, uh, you know, general manager job or something somewhere if uh, anybody wants to to offer one up. So, yeah. All right. What's like, Dan Grabber will be the first one calling. I'm sure Dan Grabber would love to talk to me about some of this shit. So, uh, all right. What's uh, we got a once a loon segment here. Um, and we have a speaking of uh, players from the Scandinavian leagues, MJ, take it away. Yeah, I thought it was time to visit someone that we haven't heard from in a while and someone that I have been tracking with. And to be honest, someone who it's not like there's any recent news. Like this is not generated by this person has a new club. This person just scored amazing goal. Like, let's just catch up with someone that we haven't heard from in a while. So uh, in 2017, Minnesota United signed uh, Boshin Kadri. Boshin Kadri, everyone's favorite North Macedonian Danish once a loon. And uh, he got a start in uh, Bolt Club 93. Um, he very quickly moved to Odense, uh, a team based in uh, around the, the Copenhagen uh, metropolitan area. And Odense really was his kind of home base. He then got upgraded to FC Copenhagen um, and from FC Copenhagen, he was then sent on loan to Minnesota United for a year. And then he was sent to Ronders in, in Denmark on loan. And then he came back to Odense. So he's, uh, and then very, very briefly in 2021, uh, went to the Saudi league. Yes. He had, Bashim Kadri has something in common with Cristiano Ronaldo. He has played in the Saudi league. Uh, uh, Bashim Kadri played for Al Fatah. And uh, then returned to again his home base, Odense, uh, Bold Club, uh, since 2021. So um, for this most recent, like last three seasons of Odense Bold Club, he has 20 goals in 84 games. Uh, for any uh, buddy who wants to know what that percentage is, it's slightly below what Luis Amaria scored. For Minnesota United in his last stint, who oh. I believe scored uh, 13 goals in 53 games. I could be wrong about that, but like, yeah, it's it's slightly worse, you know, as a center forward. But you know, Adrian Heath tried to sh- play him at wing, so you know, don't play a center forward at wing. You know, that's all I got to say about that. Um, we Cadre's uh, contract with Odense goes through the summer of. Uh, 2024. So uh, we'll see what happens to him after this offseason in Denmark. But best of luck. All right. Good for good for Basham Kadri. So um, we did cover our Minneapolis City Minute with uh, Loic Masanvi scoring against uh, Montreal. Um, once a crow. Once a crow. There, there may be some news coming out. Um, with Minneapolis city and me and this podcast uh, at some point here, just that's a, that's a tease. Wow. That's a, that's a super tease for everybody. Just keep your eye 
on this space for that. I'm not, I can't announce anything because nothing's finalized yet, but just to say there's some things in the works, um, as it were. So you're going to uh, be the thing to what? Uh, I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, all right. Go for soccer. I didn't put it in here, but they announced their spring schedule. I believe today, um, equal time soccer was on it. Uh, MJ, do you have it in front of you yes. or? Okay. Yep. On March 23rd, they will be down in Mankato at the Mankato Dome playing Minnesota State. That's at 11 a.m. Uh, April 14th. Most of these are Saturdays, by the way. April 14th, they will be in the Dome at the National Sports Center at 1 p.m. versus South Dakota State. April 20th, they host Wisconsin at Elizabeth Lowry Robbie Stadium at 12 p.m. And then April 28th, which is, I think, a Sunday, they host Kansas at Elizabeth Lowry Robbie Stadium at 1 p.m. So, you know, all but uh, one of those is in the Twin Cities. They are open to the public, I assume, because they are every year. Um, I don't think that'll change this year. So if you want to see some free collegiate soccer, um, really good women player players, go out, watch them, support your go for soccer team. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, St. Thomas schedules something around those two with um, Wisconsin and Kansas since they're going to be in town. So uh, you might be able to get two for one on on that deal. So uh, speaking of women's soccer, Kelsey Kafusi was drafted in the second round by the Portland Thorns recently in the uh, most recent NWSL draft. Um, I think she, according to the people that I talked to who know women's soccer and especially know the Thorns, uh, they think she's got a really good chance to stick with the Thorns as a as a defender for them. So um, super excited for for Kelsey and and for Minnesota Aurora. That's a big deal getting someone drafted. Um, obviously, they've had a couple players, several players now, not just a couple, several players uh, signed internationally um, for teams in Europe. Um, having a player signed uh, by a team in uh, the highest division of soccer, uh, women's soccer here in the United States, is, is a big deal. So that's super cool. So. Um, MJ, you just announced too that you are picking up some more soccer reporting duties, right? Correct. Uh, I would like to say that I got a very pleasant and welcoming text from former Dave's I Know writer, former fellow Dave's I Know writer, Bridget McDowell, who had said that she and Ashley were talking about bringing me on for Northland Soccer Journal to help with their loons coverage. So I will, for this year, uh, be assisting Northland Soccer Journal with their Minnesota United coverage. And uh, I might even, don't know this for sure, be in the press box for the home opener. So. Ooh, there you go. Is that yeah. in addition to your your uh, other equal time? Yes, that'll be an oh, equal time. No. For those that didn't hear, uh, Soto Soccer is no longer... So I will not be covering Aurora for Soda Soccer this this summer as um, Soda Soccer. My articles are still available. Uh, whether you want to read about Aurora, I wrote uh, for a couple USL League Two stuff for Soda Soccer. One article at least for the Crows and one article for St. Croix. So and then uh, in addition to the plethora of Aurora articles, a, a couple of Minnesota United uh, historical pieces as well. So um, if you want access to that content, Reach out to me on Twitter if you can't Google it and find it yourself. The I'd like to thank Jeremy Rushing for letting me write and edit for Soda Soccer, the 
these past few years and just giving me a platform to use my creativity. It's been really fun working for them. And I hope to use that same creativity and, and writing style as I now write for Northland Soccer Journal. Woo-hoo! Well, congratulations, man. That's awesome. So, uh, all right. So there's been a couple, I mean, it's the winter. So why won't there be weird international tournaments in the, in the middle of the winter? Um, AFCON. Um, AFCON is happening right now. Uh, the African Cup of Nations. Uh, they're some big, so this is, I, I don't know. I've been following this one. Just obviously I've, I've fully invested with Egypt and Mo Salah. Um, but also there's some really cool stories that are happening in AFCON right now. And I think I kind of want to spend some, a little bit more time and sort of like wrap it up more officially. Um, but, uh, Cape Verde is, is kind of the huge story coming out of this. They knocked off Egypt, um, they beat Mauritania in their uh, in their first round of their uh, knockout tournament, so they're in the quarterfinals of the Afcon. Uh, Egypt <laughs> lost in the round of sixteen, unfortunately. Um, people might know Mo Salah went out in the second, I believe, the second game, uh, pulled up uh, and and hurt his hamstring um, in the first like, at, towards the end of the first half of their second game. So he's been out of the tournament. The team was knocked out. They there was thought that he could be back in time for the final if Egypt made it. Um, they had made the last couple of finals, but uh, he, uh, they did, they got knocked out. So they lost on penalties um, to, uh, who did they lose to? Oh, DR Congo, which is like another huge story. Uh, Ivory Coast barely, so they're hosting the tournament. They barely made it into the knockout round. Uh, they finished third in their group. Um, they're hosting the tournament. Uh, they needed uh, some crazy results to happen in the final day of the of the tournament to make it. Um, they knocked off the current holders of the AFCON title, Senegal, uh, in penalties today, um, five to four in penalties, uh, with a one-one being the the result after 120 minutes. And so it's a wrong seller, but weren't there a lot of European club players in, in that Cote d'Ivoire versus Senegal? Match? Yeah, there's a ton. There, I mean, there's a ton in this tournament generally too. Um, it's a it's a it's a weird tournament because it's it's often held in January. They tried to hold hold this tournament last year. That's why it's called the Afcon 2023 um, because they were supposed to hold it last year in the summer, um, but it was the rainy season, so they had to push it to January of 2024. Um, and so, um, but uh, so yeah, there's and there's a lot of weird soccer politics around this tournament every year because every time because all the European players, all the European teams and, and fans of European teams are like, why are our African players leaving in the middle of the season? It's like, it's a fucking national tournament, man. It's a, it's a continental tournament. They need to go uh, play in their continental tournament. So I, this tournament always hurts Liverpool. Um, uh, in the past, it's hurt that Salah and Mane have both, both gone, right? And, and two teams that are generally um, pegged to go to the finals. Um, this year, obviously, Liverpool only lost... Uh, um, Salah, but like Nottingham Forest lost, I think, six players to this tournament. They had six African players in this tournament, so... But, like, it's usually held in the summer, not during most European clubs' season. Right, right. Well, it, it hasn't, it hasn't been. Like, it, it wasn't for a long time. Then the the African Confederation kind of, like, bowed to some of the pressure from Europe and said, okay, we'll hold in the summertime. But, yeah. I mean, Africa's a big fucking continent, guys. Like, it's huge yeah. like there's and, lots of, lots of different climates and temper like temperate zones in africa so like 
if you host it in if you if you put it in one place in the summertime, it might be fine, but it also might be fucking hot or the rainy season or what you know whatever. So it, it's got it. There's a lot of European bias about this, and it which really sucks because I think um, the and, and it sucks that this tournament is only on BN. It's not on. It's not really on a place that most um, you know most Americans can watch it because. I've I've watched I've tried to watch a few of the games. The games are exciting. They they play really good soccer. Yeah. Um and it's it's I wish more people actually paid attention to this tournament. So um that game that's going on now, the final um is on February eleventh. So the they're um almost through to the uh quarterfinals. There's a couple more games tomorrow morning, and probably today when you're listening to this podcast, including Mali um and Burkina Faso. Uh, and then um, Morocco and South Africa playing at 2 p.m. South Africa, this is, we didn't talk about this, but Bongi was not selected for the South African team for this tournament, which was a little weird. And oh. we didn't kind of know, it was kind of unexpected. Um, I believe he gave political. I don't know. There, he apparently gave an a, a interview to Andy Greeter, which I have not read yet, basically saying, like, you know, he's not thinking about it. He's just going to keep going, and he wants to play for... He wants to keep playing for the team or whatever. But um, Morocco made it to the uh, semifinals of the last World Cup, so um, a pretty big team. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but then uh, the other tournament I've been watching, too, um, also because it's up, it's on at 5.30 in the morning most days when I'm up with my kids, because my kids wake up god-fucking early, uh, is the Asian Cup. Um that is being held in the wonderful, wonderful uh, country of Qatar, uh, host of the World Cup in 2022. Um, MJ, uh, I, I'm, I have a, I've obviously been following a couple teams in uh, Asian Cup for specific reasons. Um, why don't you give us a little bit of an update on the Asian Cup as well? Well, first of all, like the African Cup of Nations, it was supposed to be held in 2023, but due to uh, problems of the original host China. Um, they moved it to Qatar, and then due to the high summer temperatures in Qatar, where we heard this before, they said, "Well, we can't have it in summer. We'll, we'll put it in January." So, like another reason for clubs on a certain schedule to be angry with a continental cup, um, an international cup, is that you know it's happening roughly the same time as Afcon. January 10th, um, or sorry, January 12th through February 10th. So, um, and yet they still call it Asian Cup 2023. So even though it's being held in 2024, have I confused you yet? Okay, cool. And uh, six groups of four, the top two from each group and the top four third place teams go on. So, uh, and it's a good format. I there's some really good teams that you have to qualify, right? The you, the the really bad teams in Asia, no offense, uh, like don't qualify for this tournament. So, but man, you know, to to see South Korea just fall on their ass, they beat Bahrain, who ends up winning the group. And why do they Korea? Why why do they take second place in their group? Because they tie the other two teams. They draw the other two teams. Just horrible. Like sometimes, like they were lit winning, and in the 90th plus minute, they someone else scored. So it's just uh, disappointing performance so far for Korea. Also disappointing is that Korea have chosen to hire fit fitness expert Jurgen Klinsman 
as their national team uh, manager. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not a Klinsman fan. So I think this is a horrible decision. Um, there are plenty of, if they wanted to go in the German direction, other German managers that they could employ or go back to employing Dutch managers if they didn't want to hire a Korean manager, you know, and there's plenty of good Korean managers. So anyway, uh, they chose Klinsman um, and look, they're drawing games they should win. Where have I seen that before? Um, okay. Um, enough of the rant about the Korean men's national team. Um, I think they chose the right players. It's just sad to see them draw Jordan and draw Malaysia. The happy news is um, Palestine was one of the third place teams that was good enough to get through. They were the second second best uh, third place team. So they got through. Um, they, they lose to the host Qatar 2-1, but good showing by Palestine. Um as a, a kind of moral victory getting to, to the knockout stage. Yeah. I'll say, uh, so I've been following this because of Australia, and um, there's a couple of FC St. Pauli players on the Australian national oh, team. Oh, cool. Yeah, Jackson yeah. Irvine and Eric Metcalf. Yeah. Jackson Irvine's been starting. Uh, they beat uh, um, Indonesia 4 nothing. So they play the winner of uh, Saudi Arabia and South Korea, which plays uh, today, if you're listening to this podcast, on Tuesday and- um, at 10 a.m., I believe, on Paramount+. Plus. So check it out. This is trying to fuck us up before, but this is this is Korea's, uh, you know, this is Korea's basically mistake of not winning their group. Uh, they should be uh, playing against Japan, which would be another fun rivalry. Yeah, but that's where Bahrain is. But they're on the top half of the bracket, where if they beat Saudi Arabia, they have to play Australia. That's a tough run, you know. And so whoever, if whether it's Australia versus Saudi Arabia or Australia versus South Korea. That's going to be a really good quarterfinal yeah. match on whoever, February. Whoever, whoever wins that is probably going to the final because the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the other final is uh, Tajikistan and Jordan. Jordan, by the way, who um, Iraq lost to Jordan and got absolutely fucked by an Iranian referee. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, he got so Iran scored a goal, uh, a goal, make it two one, and um, did a. And had a well, no, and had a the Iraq player scored, had a uh, did a goal celebration and got a second yellow card for his goal celebration, which was a, basically a copy of another goal celebration that didn't get carded earlier. And then, oh, no. of course, the fucking referee is Iranian, so gives him the second yellow, gives him the red. Jordan scores two late on to beat uh, Iraq three to two. Iraq was winning. The, Iraq was winning. Yes, exactly. And then got and got the red card. So. Um, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so, as you mentioned, that tournament goes through the the tenth. Um, uh, that's they actually most of the games are tomorrow and the day after. So Bahrain, Japan is on the thirty first. Uh, Iran, Syria is on uh, the thirty first of January as well. Uh, Uzbekistan and Thailand, which is not a a, a matchup you typically see. This is pretty cool. Thailand football has come a long way. I'll just yeah. say that. Um, they're not going to win, but they, they've come a long way. Uh, Unlike AFCON, you can watch this relatively easily if you subscribe to Paramount Plus. So yeah. it's on Paramount Plus, and there are even some free games on CBS Sports Colossum. So yeah, for super cool. Uh, all right. Finally, um, I'm not. I'm not going to subject MJ to talking about Everton um, and Nottingham Forest uh, getting point deductions because it's they're still uh, they're still trying to figure all that shit out. I just want to say, I don't know. If, I don't know. If you guys 
no, Jurgen Klopp uh, announced that he's retiring at the end of the season or leaving Liverpool, not retiring, leaving Liverpool, taking a sabbatical. Um, hmm. I had a that was he announced that on, was it on Friday, I believe, uh, or maybe, yeah, I think it was Friday. It was a rough day for me. I'm not gonna lie, a rough you, day. You like the Klopp? I I like I like Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, I have a Jurgen Klopp scarf somewhere in my in my office right here somewhere. So, um, but uh, it's interesting. Uh, we'll see. They're they're still they they beat Norwich uh, on Sunday. Uh, obviously, they meant they beat Fulham. They're in the Carabao Cup final. They're they're still in contention for a quadruple, which I don't think will happen, but. God damn, that would be kind of an impressive thing to do um, and sort of a Cinderella Disney-esque story, MJ, you know, of uh, amazing fortitude. And... As much as you want, want it to happen. Uh, I don't know, man. Everything's kind of coming up Cinderella story. Uh, Liverpool right now. So <laughs> anyways, I'm sure I'll have much to talk about that as the season, as we get going. Uh, yes, so it brings us to the start of the end. Um, we're not. I'm not 100 sure how we're going to do this yet this year. Um, if we're going to break it down every game, might just try and do every other week. I, I need to talk to uh, my my esteemed colleagues here on the Dave's I Know podcast, and <laughs> we'll figure out something that works for all of us and hopefully works for all of you. If you have any suggestions or thoughts about how you want to see this podcast come out, right? If you want it uh, every week um, and you're very passionate, let us know. Um, if you're like, yeah, you know, I can just I can hear you guys every other every other week or something. Cool. If you're like, you know what, you guys should probably just go away. You could also let me know that, but you know, you don't have to say that out loud if you don't want to. So, um, but you can reach us at all of our regular uh, uh, places. Yeah, at TDIKMN on on Twitters at Texas Zeller. Sorry, go ahead, MJ. And if anyone wants to go back and listen to old episodes, first of all, why? But if you find where Zeller says. When they fire Adrian Heath, I'm going to call quits on this podcast. If you want to find that, clip it, put it out on Twitter, or throw it in his face, go ahead. Please do that. I am pretty sure I know when that podcast was, so I might try and do that myself. But uh, if yeah. anyone's, anyone specifically wants to go do that, I did I did mention that. I did not think they'd actually do it. So, um, I'm, yeah, you, you know, said that. I, if you want me, if you guys want me to quit, I'm happy to fucking quit. That's that's fine. No, this, I don't remember yeah. what your exact words were. If it was, I will quit this podcast, or I would consider quitting this podcast. You know, I don't know exactly how you worded it, but yeah. there might be there might be some semantics on on that receipt. So we'll see. I, anyways, um, but yeah. If you have any thoughts about how you want this thing come to you, uh, or you have thoughts on ideas or segments or whatever, um, we're uh, I'm I'm still workshopping some stuff i need to i need to send it to like i said my my, my good friends here and and figure out what they want to do and how they feel about everything because it's not just me it is it's 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 mj it's jess it's all of you guys everybody's been listening to us for fuck uh eight Way years now eight years i think going on eight years now so um this is uh this is not just a, a me thing this is a, a lots of people thing so um if you, again if you have any questions or thoughts or ideas at TDAKMN on the on the Twitter, I'm still I'm still technically over there. Uh, Texas Zeller at MJ Matsui um, at Jessica one four four zero eight three nine two. Um, I know you can find MJ and myself over at Blue Sky if you'd rather do that. I'm trying to get more soccer people over to Blue Sky so we can have more soccer chat on Blue Sky. It's a lot of um, okay. I'll get yeah. on that. 
I can send you I can send you a link, Jess, if you want. Yeah, I can send you yeah, do that. I can send you an invite code. Um it's it's a lot of uh I've been following I'm a lot there's a lot of like weirdo progressive people, progressive people that I'm just like, hey, you you're kinda like way too progressive for me, which is saying a lot because I'm a fucking yeah, communist. So talking. um, you know, it is what it is. Uh I need more soccer people over there so I can actually like my feed is not just like all these like shit that I, I I like I like seeing but I'm like it's really depressing it's like it's like the world it's like world shit and I'm like I don't I know the world's fucked I don't need to see it and I just like and only see it in my feed I need other people that I like following that are you know putting posting this is soccer the shit longest midwestern podcast rap episode episode all right bye fuckers to try and work it out cuz we both do nothing at all. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh,